everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Young Pyromancers Podcast. Today is episode four, and today with me I have my friend Miles. Hello, everybody. And uh, today we're going to be talking about his Tesa Kolov deck, which was originally a um, it, w- it was a modern deck, but then we converted it to commander. So, uh, Miles, I know you play a bunch of different formats, but you're not a commander player. So you I'm want to talk not. a little bit about like how uh, we made or what what you like to do in mo- Magic, how you got started playing Magic, stuff like that. Uh, I got into it at camp. Everyone in my cabin was playing it, and I watched for like three or four days, ended up picking up most of it, and then just asked a couple questions, and that's really how I got into it. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite Magic memories with you was when I traded you Pokemon cards for a Kaladesh Inventions uh, Chromatic Lantern. This. That yeah, no, that's, yeah, I remember And then those. I uh, promptly traded it for a Planeswalker because uh, that's what you do when you're, like, eight, nine years old. Yeah, everyone <laughs> in fifth grade when we were all playing Pokemon was, the other the people who were playing Magic were like, Planeswalkers are the best. Yeah, that was, that was funny, because it, it didn't even matter how good the Planeswalkers are, it was just, it's a Planeswalker. It's good. It's good. But, okay, so anyways, um... So, recently, I've been trying to get Miles into Commander, because Commander's cool, and, well, at least that's what we mainly talk about on the podcast, but, uh, how do you like Commander so far? Because I know you've, we've played a couple of games. I do really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I just think I'm a little too lazy to get into making a deck, though I <laughs> it did... It is slightly harder to Though I do have time. some of the cards, like, I've got a Soul Ring at home, I've got a couple, mm-hmm. like, decent Commander cards, so... Yeah, okay. I could. Uh, so let's move into one of our normal segments. Uh, today we're going to be moving into our modern, I'm sorry, our New Horizons, which uh, we go over magic news, stuff that's happening in the news this week. Um, we are recording this pretty close to our last episode. It hasn't been a full week, but we still have some news. We talked about the ban and restricted announcement that was going to happen on Monday. We're now, we now know what the ban is. Um, so Once Upon a Time got banned out of modern Golos Tireless Pilgrim got banned out of Brawl, and Underworld Breach got banned out of Legacy. Uh, we called the Once Upon a Time, we also called Yeah, Breach. Once Upon a Time is not a surprise at all. Yeah, it, it's been, it got banned Pioneer, it got banned Standard, so I think this Modern was just the next it was going to go. We we said, like, on the cast last week, it's just so ubiquitous, It's played. it was played in every green deck. It's just a free spell for... It's for, crazy. For yeah. Game. yeah, so that's just, it just it it was got a, banned. Like, a monster at the pre-release. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Golos got banned out of Brawl. Not many people play Brawl. Um, we haven't really talked about Brawl on the podcast yet, but for those of you who don't know, it is essentially standard commander. 60 card decks, 25 life, I believe, and then you can play a legendary creature or planeswalker as your commander. Then again, instead of playing Brawl, you should just play Commander or Standard. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that just makes I think they're sense. both more fun formats. Wizards has been trying to push yeah. the Brawl with the Brawl pre-constructed decks yeah. from Throne of Eldraine. But I think a lot of people just use those uh, Brawl Commanders as their Commander Commander. Right, they just turn the Brawl Commanders right. into a Commander. So we still like that product. Uh, <laughs> yeah. another, another New Horizon, I mean definitely on the Horizon, is Ikoria Lair of Behemoths is the next set. It looks really cool. The cover art is like a big giant, like, I don't, I don't even know if it's a dinosaur. It's just like, it's just some wild giant beast. Uh, Vivian Reed is, I think, is the focus of the, it's, yeah, it's just this giant 
scary monster. That's awesome. And then Vivian Reed standing on a rock. Um, we love Vivian. Lots, lots of creatures. Yeah. It seems like uh, I'm a yeah, lots of man. standard decks are probably going to be playing like mono green. I think mono mono green should be a viable. I, I don't think there's any reason why it shouldn't be. I love viable. Stompy. Stompy, yeah. It's so much fun. Like, but then like Pioneer, Pioneer. There was a mono that. Well, before everything got banned, Mono Green Devotion was a very good deck because it had it had uh, Once Upon a Time, it had the uh, Leyline Leyline of Abundance, and it also had uh, Oath of Nyssa, which were both three cards that just that got banned over Pioneer over the last few months. So um, yeah, I think that's it for our New Horizons. All right. So let's move into our main topic today, which is. A uh, Tasa Call Love deck, which is originally an Oizov Aristocrats modern deck that Miles has, but I we toned it. it. Yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun. It's deck. a really fun deck to play. Yeah, I played against it. It's all about sacking your creatures, <laughs> recurring them, getting death triggers, creating tokens. But uh, there is some Tasa Call Loves in the deck, and I was like, why don't we just build a Tasa Call Love deck? So, um, so th- we we brewed it up online, and. So with Taysak Olov at the helm, and it's it's a very yeah, aristocrats deck. You're sacrificing your creatures with death triggers for value, and then recoil them from the graveyard or make tokens. It it's kind of trying to do. I I don't think it's trying to do too much, but it's definitely it's definitely got a lot of goals. But it's a classic aristocrats deck. It's also definitely going to be fun to play. Yeah, it looks there like it. a really fun deck to play. I did have a Taysak Olov deck at one point, but mm-hmm. I I did dismantle it. But I'm now strongly considering putting it back together after uh, brewing for this episode. Um, so let's get started with the commander. Why don't you read it off? Uh, Tessa Karlov, two, a white and a black. Legendary creature, human advisor, uh, two, four. If a creature dying causes a triggered ability of, of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Creatures you control have vigilance and lifelink. Creature tokens you control have vigilance and lifelink. So Tesa Karlov was originally designed with the aftermath, sorry, afterlife. afterlife, yeah, afterlife mechanic in mind, so that because in Ravnica Allegiance, I think was the set, uh, the yeah. Orzov's the Orzov's big mechanic was afterlife. So Tesa gives you extra tokens and then makes the tokens have extra powers. So Tesa's a great commander. Tesa's the most popular Orzov commander now, even after only a year as a as a commander, I mean, it's it's a strong commander. It's, you can definitely build it pretty strong. Um, but the but we do on the show. If you haven't listened to us, your first time listener, is we build budget brews, and so we we try to keep uh we we play budget and we keep under budget because magic's expensive and we don't want to have to buy five hundred dollars for cards. So. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you looking for a $5,000 deck, you won't find it here. So, uh, we'll talk about the budget report later, but let's go through some of the main cards in this deck. Uh, so, I think the meat and the potatoes of this deck are the creatures. So, let's start by for going sure. through some of our favorite creatures. Alright. Uh, one of my favorite creatures um, is Priest of Forgotten Gods. It is one in a black... For a 1-2, uh, it's a creature, human cleric. Uh, tap, sacrifice two other creatures. 
Any number of target players each lose two life and sacrifice a creature. You add two black to your mana pool and draw a card. Uh, in Commander, especially because you're most of the time playing with more than one player, it gets even better. Um, I play it in st or, uh, Modern, so often I'm just using it against one person, but now you're using it against three others, so it just becomes crazy. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of, uh, of creatures that we're going to want to be getting their death triggers, and to get in order to get their death triggers, we need sacrifice outlets. So Priest of Forgotten Gods is a really good sack outlet that gives us lots of value, deals damage, has them sacrifice creatures, we get mana, we draw cards. It's it's an all-around very good card. Why don't we talk about some of those sack outlets on creatures? So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk about uh, a one-mana creature, which is Carrion Feeder. Carrion Feeder is a one-mana creature zombie, 1-1. One, one. Carrion Feeder can't block and sacrifice a creature, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Carrion Feeder. It's, it's great. This is it's maybe big. one of the best turn one plays you can get because, I mean, it doesn't even have to get huge. It just It's just a sacrifice. Like, I think most of the time, most people would play a card that just says sacrifice do nothing. Like creatures, like a one-mana creature that said sacrifice do nothing. That's why Viscerosir is so good. Viscerosir does the same thing except you scry one, which is a little bit better. But uh, Carrion Feeder is more budget version of Viscerosir. Uh, why don't we talk about Mission of Obligation? Uh, she's often going to be one of the cards we sacrifice, uh, generally because she's got Afterlife 2. And she's only a 2-1, so she's not going to be doing much other than getting sacrificed. Mm -hmm. Or we're just going to block with it so it dies. Right, so we're now, we're going to go, let's go over some creatures that, when they die, they make tokens, and then they'll, they'll get doubled. So By Tesa. By Tesa. So, Ministrant of Obligation, if Ministrant dies, it, it'll trigger twice. Ministrant of Obligation is 2 and white. A creature, human cleric, 2-1 with Afterlife 2. And so, if Ministrant dies while we have Tesa on the battlefield, then the Ministrant will create 4 flying spirits. Which then is either 4 triggers for... What's the feeder? Oh, Carrion feeder. Carrion feeder. Carrion feeder. Yeah, so anything that you can then sacrifice, you can sacrifice those four tokens. And then that's very good. And Or um, you can tap Priest of Forgotten Gods twice. Yeah, we... And trigger that. So we have lots of... Yeah, so that's, it's just a good example of a creature that we want to sacrifice. Another creature that we want to sacrifice is Carrier Thrall, one out of black, creature vampire. When it dies, put a 1-1 one, one colorless Eldrazi Sion onto the battlefield. It has sacrificed this creature, add a diamond mana or colorless mana to your mana pool. And so, yeah, there's lots of these creatures that we want to sacrifice because they'll give us tokens, which will then get doubled by Tesa, and then they'll have Vigilance and Lifelink. So that's really, that's the that's the main plan of the deck, is to get creatures that die, give us creatures. Requiem Angel is a good one. Requiem Angel is five and a white for a creature angel. Five, five, flying. Whenever another non-spirit creature you control dies, put a one-one spirit creature token of flying onto the battlefield. So basically, that means Mistern of Obligation has Afterlife 3, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's some other cards that do the Sifters of Sifter of Skulls. Same thing whenever a non... Right. Oh, it's whenever a non-token creature instead of non-spirit. Um, oh, so that's... Well, that's what makes Requiem, Requiem Angel very good, is because it doesn't... Ha it can even be a token. And it gives everything an Afterlife uh, trigger. 
Mm -hmm. Sifter of Skulls and Pawn of Ulamog both create either an Eldrazi Spawn or Eldrazi Scion when a creature dies. So there's these, yeah, lots of creatures, we're sacrificing creatures, and we're making more creatures. Uh, but even as we're doing all these things, we need a way to finish off the game. So right. we have cards like Cruel Celebrant, which are white and a black for one two creature right. vampire. Whenever a Cruel Celebrant or a creature, another creature or Planeswalker you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So when we're looping this over and over again, we're getting all these triggers. Right. Everyone's losing life. We're gaining life. There's Sir Conrad the Grim. Which says whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere but the battle, other than the battlefield or a creature card leaves your gra graveyard. Basically, if anything happens with the graveyard. Uh, and then Zulport Cutthroat does the same thing. Yeah, Zulport Uh, whenever another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Uh, Zulport Cutthroat is one a black and it's a one one human uh, rogue ally. Yeah, so Conrad does the same thing as uh. Similar to Zulipur Cutthroat, except it has to do with creature cards leaving the battlefield, uh, le dying, being put into the graveyard, leaving the graveyard. It deals one damage to each opponent. You don't gain life off of Sir Conrad, but it's it does more for our deck. And so you're going to be draining tons of amounts of life out of your... Uh, once you're, when you're sacrificing all these creatures. We also need good ways to draw cards. So let's talk about some... Oh, oh, wait, hang on. I've got one more. Uh... That is like Zulipur Cutthroat. It's Vindictive Dam Vampire. Three and a black. It's a creature vampire. Two, three. Whenever another creature you con creature you control dies, Vindictive Vampire deals one damage to each opponent. You gain one life. So it's the same. Same thing. Uh, yeah, this is... So now we need ways to uh, refill our hands. So yeah, this is... It, it's good what we're doing is we're sacrificing everything. But eventually we run out of gas in our hands. So we need to go over some good card draw. That'll get hopefully get doubled by Tazel. A couple of my favorite card draws are Bankrupt in Blood and Blood Divination. Uh, Bankrupt in Blood is one in a black. It's a sorcery. And it says, as an additional cost to this spell, sacrifice two creatures. Draw three cards. Blood Divination is very similar, costing three in a black. It's also a sorcery. And it says, as an additional cost to this spell, sacrifice a creature. And it draws three cards as well. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we're sacrificing stuff. We already want stuff to be sacrificed, so this is just becomes very good. There's also cards that will draw us cards just whenever a non-token creature dies. There's Grim Hair Specs, at, and then there's Midnight Reaper. They'll do similar things. Grim Hair Specs is uh, two and a black. To a 3-2 Human Wizard, it's morph for a black, so you can cast it face down for a 2-2 creature for three, and turn it up for its more cost, which is a black. And whenever a non-token creature you control dies, draw a card. Uh, Harvest of Souls does a similar thing. It's more of it, it's a later game card, costing four and two black. It's a creature demon uh, with death touch. It's a five five, and whenever another non-token creature dies, you might draw a card. Mm -hmm. So this is similar. It's just bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a, yeah it's a later game card, but it it does a similar thing. There's also Midnight Reaper, which is two and a black creature zombie knight three two. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, Midnight Reaper deals one damage to you when you draw a card. So, we have some other cards that give us, uh, I forgot to mention another card that gives us tokens when a creature dies. Uh, open the Graves is three black black for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, create a two-two black zombie creature. So yeah, that's another, it's another good card. So we're, we're looping all of these cards and we're sacrificing them. 
and we've got creatures that give us uh, that give us tokens that give us advantage. Before we go into that, I'd like to mention uh, Kaya's ghost form. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, we have. Uh, it's a black enchant creature or planeswalker you control. It's an enchantment and aura. When enchanted permanent dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. So you can play this on anything. If you want to play it on Tesa to keep you from having to replay it from the command zone, if you want to play it on Minister of Obligation to get her afterlife effect to trigger again, if you want it on Priest of Forgotten Gods so you just keep her alive, really whatever. Or maybe it's one of your big creatures, maybe with Death Touch, um, just so that way you can kill another thing. Yeah, I did forget about that. It's so, got so many uses. Yeah, actually, before I want to go into a finishers, I want to talk about a ramp sweep. So, we have lots of cards that I chose that are 2 mana uh, that ramp us on turn 2, so that on turn 3 we can ramp out Tesa turn before we would normally be able to. So, uh, because these are more common cards that we talk that we talk about on lots of the episodes, I'm just going to go through them quickly. Goldmere, Guardian Idol, Leaden Mirror, Mindstone, Ozar Signet, Prismatic Lens, Sphere of the Suns, and Talisman of Hierarchy. Uh, since I know that we haven't talked about Sphere of the Suns yet, I'm going to talk about Sphere of the Suns. Sphere of the Suns is a two-mana artifact. Sphere of the Suns enters the battlefield tapped and with three charge counters on it. And it says tap, remove a charge counter from Sphere of the Suns, add one mana of any color. So, you can do this only three times. But, the thing is, once we already have Taste out, we I mean, once, once we do the three, I don't think we're going to need it that many times. Like, on turn seven... We have enough mana, and we're using, and we're getting into loops where we're sacrificing stuff, and we're getting more tokens, and then we're kind of sacrificing them. Also, with Sphere of the Suns, after you've used its three uh, charge counters, so it's just kind of an artifact sitting there, you can use Morbid Curiosity on it, which is one, two black, it's a sorcery. As an additional cost, this sacrifice an artifact or a creature. So then you could just get rid of the uh, Sphere of the Suns, when you sacrifice the Sphere of the Suns, you can, you draw two cards, because it's it's useless otherwise. It doesn't, it's not doing anything once all the charge counters have been depleted. Uh, you can also Costly Plunder it. Costly Plunder is one in the black instant. It has an additional cost to cast Costly Plunder, sacrifice an artifact or creature, and you draw two cards. Alright, now we're we we ready to talk about to, finishers. Now we'll, we can talk about our finishers, the things that are just gonna win us the game. Let's go with a Butcher of Malakir. Butcher of Malakir is 5 black black. A creature vampire warrior with flying. It's a 5-4. Whenever Butcher of Malakir or another creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So, with Tesa Karlov out, everyone's going to be sacrificing two creatures every time one of our creatures dies. It, it's a great card. It's, this is going to win us the game. If we can get that, and we all have, and we already have our engine going where we're sacrificing creatures. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Because then also you could just sacrifice something with a death tr with a good death trigger, and yeah. you basically benefit from it. Well, but if we... And then if we have our token makers, then we sacrifice a creature. Let's say we sacrifice our Ministry of Obligation. Right, then we get two more set, like creatures to sacrifice next turn. Well, we'll get, we'll get four. Oh, right. So we get four... Which we then all like. Well, let's say we dump them all into Karen Fear, and we sacrifice. And the four now creatures, that's a five, five. And then everyone has to sacrifice eight creatures. Their board is gone, and we our engine's still going. And then we, if that's still going, we have our dies triggers. We'll get more non-token. We'll get more token creatures. If we sacrifice a card like Seraph of the Scales, which is two white and a black for four three creature angel, with flying, uh, pay white. 
Seraph the Scales gains Vigilance until end of turn and pay a black. Seraph the Scales gains Death Touch until end of turn and Afterlife 2. So it's the same as the Ministrant, except it has additional abilities. So we'll get four from sacrificing it, and then when we sacrifice those, we could, in theory, we can, in theory, sacrifice those tokens to get more tokens with like cards like Requiem Angel. We can. So most of the time, yeah. So, but a lot of the time, I'll sacrifice outlets, or when something dies, it's not on tokens. That's why Requiem Angel right. is such a good card because it doesn't say non-token; it just says non-spirit. Ooh, that's mean. Yeah, this this deck has a very good ability to bounce back from board wipes, so we can immediately build up our board again because right. our creatures generate when they die. If if someone board wipes while we have a bunch of our afterlife creatures, we just get tons of spirit. And then we can just board wipe them. Right, but well, their board got wiped too, so... True, everyone's so, board got wiped. Mm -hmm. However, we, pro we just have a bigger board with all of our little spirits and tokens and just little creatures everywhere. We have all of our 1-1s, so a good way to turn those 1-1s into a board wipe is Massacre Girl, which is 3 black black for the legendary creature Human Assassin with Menace. And when Massacre Girl enters the battlefield, each other creature gets minus 1, minus 1 turn to turn. Whenever a creature dies this turn, each other creature other than Massacre Girl gets minus 1, minus 1 turn to turn. So it's kind of confusing, but how it plays out is our 1-1s die, and then each of those 1-1s die gives all the creatures minus 1, minus 1. So... Sometimes it'll just kill everything, and then it's a it's its own board wipe. We'll take a call off. We'll double that trigger, so it'll give all the creatures minus two minus two. So massacre girl just destroys everything. If we creatures on the board, yep. we used in our episode two. If you want to go back and visit our second episode, we talked about twenty five underrated cards under twenty five cents, and uh, one we put both of the black cards in here and one of the white cards. So this is just to show like the. These cards that we're talking about, I promise, we're not, we're not kidding you. These, they're, they're good cards. Fortunate Few is another board wipe. Three white white mm. for sorcery. Choose a non-land permanent you don't control. Then each other player chooses a non-land permanent he, he or she, sorry, they don't control. That hasn't been chosen this way. Destroy all other non-land permanents. It's confusing, but you choose... Basically, you kill everything other than the few permanents that were chosen. Yeah, so, like, everyone's just going to choose the... Uh, the the best thing they have. The four, no, no, no. They're not going to choose. They, they have to choose other people's. They're not allowed to choose theirs. So oh. they, what ends up happening is oftentimes someone's going to choose your spirit because you just have these lame tokens. So your tokens will actually end up staying on the board because people don't want to choose someone's giant, like, 8-8 eight, eight trample. So they choose your flying right. token. So you, you maintain your stuff after this fortune of you. Uh, another one... Is Frank Omnipotent? Am I wrong? No, that that was one of them. That we um, it's three and two black, sorcery. Each player loses half of their life, then discards half of their cards in their hand, then sacrifices half of the creatures they control, and you round up each time. This is big for us because one, we can just sacrifice a lot of our creatures mm -hmm. or the things with afterlife to get more creatures. Two, we've got a lot. We've got a decent amount of card draw, so discarding our hand isn't a huge issue. And third, we've got a ton of, uh, upon death, like, if your creatures die, you gain one life, and the opponent loses one life, so that could just have a ton of triggers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, all of our death triggers are going to occur when the, 
when the freeing omnipotence happens. And they're gonna happen twice because of Tesa. The the best thing would be. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I don't know if that would work. But if you had Butcher Malkir on the battlefield at the same time, when all of your creatures die, then they have to sacrifice creatures again. I think that would work. That'd be because then they just have to sacrifice all the creatures. Because you sacrifice half of your your creatures, and then they sacrifice all their creatures. Uh, the oh, last card that we talked about, nasty. and the last card that we talked about was uh, Thesisis, which was the card that I had trouble <laughs> saying on the episode. <laughs> it's three black, 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 seven mana total for sorcery. Destroy target creature, its controller loses life equal to its power plus its toughness. But that's not all. It has, it has suspend. suspend five. Yeah. Go ahead. Um which is Suspend five. Uh one and a black. Rather than cost this card from your hand, you may pay one and a black and exile it with five time counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter. When the last is removed, cast it without paying its mana cost. I think this is super huge in this deck because it's a multicolored deck and it's going to be really hard for you to get four black. Because mm-hmm. that's often a problem yeah, yeah, yeah. run into. Even with just like double and, si- and triple black. But this is four. This is four black. But almost never you're going to be hard casting this. You're going to be playing this on turn two when we've got nothing else to do. So that later in the game it comes off and it, it acts as a ticking time bomb kind of like... Oops. Like we talk about like Navindal's disc. How it just sits on the battlefield and does, or rather, it sits in the in exile, doing work, preventing people from it's, playing their creatures. So it's like it's doing, it's like it's you're casting it every turn because people don't want to play their big things, right? Exactly. Because otherwise, it's going to die and they're going to lose twenty life. It's very very scary. So and then event, and then that also allows you to have another five turns for you to play your win conditions before they have anything that can stop them out. Because they don't want to, because they'll just take all the life. and But then eventually... So basically, you're just suspending them from playing anything big for seven turns. Unless they want to take the risk. It, it's suspended. Well, seven turns, because you it's, you play it on turn one or two. Depending oh, on you. Well, we can't play it on turn one. It's a two-mana. Oh, true. true. Because all of our ramp is two. But yeah, they, they, don't, they don't want to cast their big things, because otherwise it dies, and they'll lose 20 life. So they're just hoping that someone else is going to magnet it. Right. That's like kind of the multiplayer dynamic. And so let's... Yeah, I think that's most of our finishers. But now let's get into our mana... In our mana base. So we've got a... We've got your, your generic lands. We have... 12 plans, 15 swans. Tainted Field, yeah, right. And then Guildgate, Basilica... Mortuary, Memorial Folly, Emergent Zone. Oh, that's a card that I want to talk about. Uh, Emergent Zone is a land that has tap out of colorless and one in a tap and one in tap it. Sacrifice Emergent Zone. You may cast spells this turn as the light flash. I think this is a super underrated card. I agree because I've never really thought about running it. Until you can just now. flash in cards like it's it's extra value you're getting out of your lands. We're only in a two colored deck. We're not that pressed for colored mana. So when we just sacrifice this, then we can cast stuff on other players' turns. I think it's a really good turn. And then we're using Zoetic Cavern, which was another yet another card that we used on our episode. Uh, you know, 2525 episode. So I think, seriously, go go back and listen to that episode. I think that's a very good episode that you want to learn from. Uh, Tainted Field is a good unique land. I don't... They, they really should cycle this land. Uh, like, do the whole whole cycle. It's a land, it has tap, add a colorless, and 
tap add add a white or black to your mana pool. Activate this ability only if you control a swamp. So some of the time this is just an old school to win. Yeah. And it just enters untapped, and then you would just tap it free the color. Oh. It's a good card. I don't know why it's nineteen cents also. It's nineteen cents. It's so cheap. But this is I think it's like it's a like, cheaper isolated chapel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like isolated chapel, but yeah, it's it's very similar to isolated chapel. Um, yeah, I think that's it for, uh, mana base. Uh, want to talk about removal and board wipes? Yeah, I think... The well, stuff we, I enjoy quite a bit. We we got through our board wipes, true, but, true. uh, I think we have some pretty normal removal. Do you see any yeah, removal I... that's unique? Oh, final payment's a good one. White and a black. It's yeah. an instant. As an additional cost to cast a spell, pay five life or sacrifice a creature or enchantment. Destroy target creature. So it's a sack outlet, but... It turns into a two-man destroy type of creature, which is always great to do. Yep. Um, and if you really don't have a creature, which is weird, you could just pay the five life. So it just it has that other option. And we're gaining life, so it's not a huge issue. Um, but yeah, just to quickly name off our uh, removal, because it's all pretty basic. Tragic Slip, Price of Fame, Mortify. Well, actually, I think Tragic it. Slip we should talk about. Oh, true, true, true. Not true. everyone knows about this. And it does a special thing about it. It's a black mm. for an instant. Target creature gets minus one, minus one to undertone. It has morbid. That creature gets minus thirteen, minus thirteen until undertone. If instead, if a creature died this turn, so I and creatures are dying almost every turn with our deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th th we can cast this on other players' turns. I just remember this being very good against indestructible colossus of Acrosis. Yeah. Because <laughs> in sixty card casual formats, where it's like literally just cards I own, like. Tragic Slip's a great card because people are playing their big indestructible monsters that you can, because they if they get minus minus then they die. Or you you can exile them uh, with like D Spark, which is white and black, instant exile target opponent with converted mana cost four or greater. We have Mortify, that's a Nozov staple. I love Mortify. It's it's a good card. Because you can you can hit enchantments too with it. Right. Uh, we've got Oblivion Ring. That's pretty normal. Crush Doom Contraband. Blade. Oh, Crush Contraband. I want to talk about because that's that that's a budget. It's a budget staple. I put it in every white budget deck that I'm doing. Crush Contraband is three and a white for an instant. Choose one or both. Exile target artifact, or and or exile target enchantment. So you can choose one or both. One or both. Then there's Doom Blade, which is just uh, simple. One and a black instant destroy target non-black creature. Very, very good. That's very good. And then there's Archon of Justice. Three white, white for a creature Archon flying. When Archon of Justice dies, exile target permanent. It's a 4-4. But we do it twice. So we exile two things when it dies with Taysa on the battlefield. And uh, I guess we've got Yawgmoth's file offering, which is four and a black for a legendary sorcery. You may only cast a legendary sorcery if you control a legendary creature or a planeswalker. But if since we we've got a commander, it's not yeah, that. These are really good commanders. So, uh, put up to one target creature or planeswalker from the graveyard, from a graveyard, so it could be your opponent's graveyard as well. One of your opponents. And destroy up to one target creature or planeswalker. So, we destroy something, we get to resurrect something, and then exile your must file off. Something that I enjoy doing is bringing back Minister of Obligation, because then it's another four spirits. Yeah, that, that would be good. Um... And it's very, very enjoyable. And the other person does not like us very much because we're just killing all of their creatures. And, yeah. 
It's it's a fun it's a fun time. Yeah, let's look, look, we should go through and talk about some of the pool whites that we missed. So okay. citywide bust one white white food source who destroy all creatures with toughness four or greater. It's gonna hit everything but our own stuff. It's great because all of our stuff is really small. And we're fine if we board wipe ourselves because we yeah. want stuff to die anyways. True, true, true. Kai's Wrath. Kai's Wrath. I love this card. Oh, it's really good. It's really destroy good. all creatures. You gain life equal to the total number of creatures you destroyed this way. Uh, it's two white and two black. We have lots of creatures. We're gonna be gaining tons of life with this. Especially because there's four players too. Yeah, yeah. So it's just. Okay, well, everything might be dead, but now we've got a lot of life for them to get rid of. Yeah. So. Here's a card that really doesn't fit under any other mm-hmm. of our nests. So, uh, this is a very interesting card. Right of Bells and Lock is two black black it, for an enchantment saga. Chapter one, so as it enters the battlefield and after it draws death, add a world counter to it. Sacrifice after chapter three. Chapter one is create two zero one black cleric creature tokens. Chapter two is, is the, the same, same thing. thing. And then chapter 3 is create a 6-6 black demon creature with flying, trample, and at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice another creature. If you can't, this creature deals 6 damage to you. We always have... A sacrifice out of life. Well, I mean... Even if... Yes, we always have creatures to sacrifice. But even if we do run out, we can just sacrifice it and get rid of it so we don't have to take the 6. Sacrifice another creature. It, it can't sacrifice itself. No, but, like, we could sacrifice it with oh, something else. Oh, to other wells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so right, right. if we don't want it, we can just sacrifice it to something else. So that that's another great code in our deck. I remember this thing was a monster at the Dominaria. Uh, I think I went to a draft, or maybe it was a pre-release, but it was a monster. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very good and limited. And I think we've got one more code that didn't really fit in anything. Uh, revival slash Revenge. It's a two... Two half guard. It doesn't have fuse, so you can't cast both sides. But uh, hybrid Orzov, hybrid Orzov. So two mana for sorcery. Return target creature with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So bring something back. It, that that side on its own. Like I think I might actually consider playing that, even if it didn't have the other. Okay. Yeah, true. It's yeah, not yeah. a bad. Especially card. for this deck. Revenge is for a white and a black. Double your life total. Target opponent loses half of their life total. Rounded up. Is stupid. Yeah, sometimes it'll gain us like forty hard left. Like it, it, like it can do that. It has, it has a chance to do that. Um. So we like to close off our deck text with something that we, where we go over what our favorite cards in the deck are. So. Can I start? Well, uh, you think about it, and then we say it at the same time. Okay. Last episode of our favorite, our our last deck tech on the the draw rather. The favorite card was Fibblefit, and according to Charlie, the most powerful cre- the most powerful card in the deck was uh, originally Fibblefit. But Fiddlefib is hilarious, and I lo- I remembered when it came out. Everyone was so excited because it's like mm-hmm. we finally know who's getting lost. Yeah, well, I mean, we if you if you done some research, like if you look at flavor text, you knew it was Fibblefit, but we ne- never had an actual card. Right, true, true, true. So. Um, we love them. Yeah, and then he also had another card in the book, and it was uh, <laughs> called Totally Lost. And he's like, yeah. he, because in original, the Return to Ravica flock, he was, he was like trapped in this crowd, and he's all scared. But this time, he's like on top of the God Pharaoh statue. Yes. Just on the statue of Nickel Bolas, and he's just like, what am I doing? Um, so, yeah, have you thought about what your favorite card is in this deck? Uh, I've known it since the beginning, I think. Oh, okay. So, um, 
Here, let me think. I think I know what my favorite card in the deck is. I don't think you'll be surprised by what I say. Okay, are we ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Revival of Forgotten Gods. Yeah, you were talking. We were talking about that before the episode. That's it's, it's a fun card. It's. I love it so much, especially when I play it in modern and I get to run four of them. Mm-hmm. They'll kill one and then I'll just play another one. Yeah, that it, it's a good card. And then now, That's so fun. that was our favorite card. Now we're gonna do. What do you think? It, oh, we did this out of order, but whatever. What do you think is the most powerful card in the deck? Um, I think I know what mine is. I do too. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Butcher of Malakir? Yep, I agree. Definitely. Okay. I think it's Butcher of Malakir. It's it's our best finisher. If we get that out and we're sacrificing creatures, they're just dead. I also want to say, we did not point out one of... That's another really good card in the I, deck. I talked about Seraphim's Ghost. You did talk about... Okay, I, I talked about Seraphim's Ghost. So, oh, um, we should talk about one of the new creatures that I put in the deck, because we do go over, like, to go over new cards at the end of the deck, at the end of the deck tech, that are upcoming. Hopefully we'll get some new Ikoria treats for this deck, but, um, from Theros, from Theros Beyond Death, we got Wolf Strider, which is 2 and a black, for Creature Horror 3-2, when it enters the battlefield, create a 0-1 white goat creature token. That would be enough justification for me to put it in deck, just because it says the word Agreed. Goat. Yeah, it's just another... I tried building a goat tribal deck. Not a commander deck, but (laughs) it didn't work. But, uh, sacrifice another creature, scry one. So it's like a Visceral Seer, but three now. But also has escape. Three black black. Exile four other cards from the graveyard. And then you may cast it from your graveyard for its escape cost. Wolf Strider enters... I'm sorry. Escapes with two. One on counter sign. Okay. Yeah, so... Are we going to talk about, like, what you... If you had more money, or will was were willing to spend more money, like, how yeah, you can make some, it better? Yeah, some reasonable upgrades. We did that for the last episode as well. So, yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, a murderous rider or Hero's Downfall. I mean, that, that wouldn't be bad. We have... A, I think we have enough... I, I thought you were going to say a Divine... Yeah, divine Visitation. Divine Visitation. For sure. That... It makes all bad. of your spirits 4-4 four, four angels. It turns every, every token that would be... Created under your control, a full right. flying angel with uh, flying and vigilance. Oh, so it turns them all into Sarah angels. Yes, basically. And the enchantment is three, uh, white and white. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's good. And uh, so here's a card that I want to talk about. Uh, Nightmare Shepherd is a two black and a, two black black for an enchantment creature demon. It's a four four with flying. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do. Uh, you may create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a 1-1, it's a nightmare, in addition to its other types. So, this doesn't actually get doubled because you have to exile it. It's still good, though, because you're splitting it off into just a 1-1. Because, uh, if the Ministrant dies, and it creates full tokens, it comes back as a 1-1. We don't care if it's a 1-1. We just sack it again, we get four more tokens. Right. So... Or, and if you also had Divine Visitation in the deck, now it's Angels. And Divine Visitation is... Probably, if it was in the deck, would probably be one of the biggest win conditions. Yeah, it would be another big win condition. I think I think you can make space for it. I, I it's it can't be that much. Um. Yeah, why don't you look that up? Pitiless Plunderer is a card that I tried to get it in the deck, but um, I don't know what happened to it. I thought we had it in the deck at one point. But uh, anyways, Pitiless Plunderer. Yeah, we're we're definitely under budget, so I I think we could have put that in the deck. Pitiless Plunderer. Divine Visitation is oh uh, market price from TCG is eleven dollars and seventy one cents. Okay, so I mean, if, if you have the money to pick it up, 
Like it is, it is expensive, but it's very, very good. Pitiless Wanderer is whenever a creature you control dies, create a treasure. That's a good card. Teza Orzhov Scion is another good card. One white and a black for two, three legendary creature, human advisor. Sacrifice three white creatures, remove target creature from the game, or exile it. It's, it's the same. Whenever another black creature you control is put into a graveyard from play, put a 1 1 spirit on with token with flying, with flying into play. So, um, yeah, there's some infinite loops you can get into this with, but. We love infinite loops. We love spirits. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a good card. This this is one you can put in the deck. It's it's under budget. We don't talk about cards generally that are under five uh, that are over five dollars because a lot of people just don't have the budget to buy them. And uh, Revel in Riches is a, is a good finisher. Like I think I think this is this is also one that you can make space to put in the deck. Four in a black. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, so this will get doubled Tesa because Tesa triggers on any dies trigger. Create a colorless creature. Oh, sorry, colorless treasure token with tap sacrifice and stuff like that. Add one mana. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control ten or more treasures, you win. So win condition. I mean, That's I know some people don't like alternate win conditions, but it's still a good card. Alenda's ten bucks. Oh, I know. Alenda's still a good card. Uh, two white and a black for a legendary creature, vampire knight, one one. I mean, you you might have an Alenda lying around anyways because uh, if you open it from rivals of Ixalan. I, I didn't open one of that set, so... Uh, I remember at camp, I was going against an extort deck that used that card. Yeah, Alenda's great, but, um... It got really, really big. It's a one-month lifelink. Whenever another creature dies, put a one-one counter on Alenda the Dusk Rose. And when Alenda dies, create X, one-one white vampire creature token with lifelink, where X is Alenda's power. Quick shout-out, uh... Josh Lequai from Game Nights has a really cool Alenda the Dusk Rose deck. So if you want to go watch that Game Nights episode, I don't know which episode it is, but I remember that was a very fun episode. He got it out with a Cathar's Crusade, which gave all of his creatures a bunch of 1-1 token. And I think that might be it. So we, we talked about some reasonable upgrades. Um, you have anything else? Um, I don't think so. Ooh, one thing. For land, if you can, I would get a shock land. Yeah, that, that would, I really enjoy. Uh, what is it? Uh, Godless Shrine. Yeah, Godless Shrine. And then, so yeah, if you want to upgrade the mana base, this is we we have a three dollars and seven three dollars and seventy five cent mana base, so you can definitely upgrade this mana base. Isolated Chapel is a good one. The check lands. There's yeah, the pain lands. Um, Caves of Coilos, I think it, it is. Is the is the pain land? They're, they're the ones that deal one damage to you. Um. Mm -hmm. We, uh, I think we're going to move into one of our segments that we, we did it in the first episode, I don't, I don't know how many of them actually made the cut, I forget, but, um, we like to do trivia, so you have a magic together in trivia. But. If you don't have one right on your mind, then we can also do uh, one other segment that I was maybe playing. I have to come up with a trivia question then? Okay, or we can do a random code, random code discussion. Random card discussion. Okay, let's do it. So, uh, this is our first time with a guest, so this is kind of... It, it's new for everyone. So, um, we're going to click the random card generator on Squarefall. Alright. I'm, I'm just going to... Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we're going to click the random card generator on Squarefall. Ready? Beep, beep, beep. 
What is this code? I have never <laughs> seen this code in my life. Hyalopterus lemur. It's a four and a black for a creature spirit, or uh, as they called it back then, summon lemur. What's a lemur? I know what a lemur is, but not a lemur. It looks like a zombie angel raccoon. I think. Mixed I'd say skunk. more of a demon. A skunk demon. That's what we're calling skunk it. Skunk demon with demon. butterfly wings. Demons have wings. Butterf but no, but those don't oh, look but, like okay. demon wings. Those look like more like butterfly wings. Okay, so it's from Ice Age, which was a while ago. 1995. Wow, that's old. Okay, yeah. anyways, uh, it's a 4-3. It has zero. Hypot... <laughs> <laughs> Lemir gets minus one, minus zero, and gains flying in the tone to tone. What is this color? That's so weird. Okay, so basically it's a 3-3 flying, if you want it to be, for 5 mana. It's very old. <laughs> Good job. Uh, I don't know, that was kind of a letdown. We're gonna, we're gonna do it again for yeah, fun yeah. mojo. Okay. That, that was... I mean, it had a cool art. Oh, okay. This glory. Is, let's click on the original. This is not bad. So glory is three white white for creature incarnation. Flying, two and a white. Choose a color. Creatures you control gain protection from the chosen color until end of turn. Activate this ability only if glory is in your graveyard. That's not bad, actually. Honestly, I put this in our deck. Yeah, I think this might actually <laughs> be a fine. It's it's a dollar and forty three cents. This could totally go in. I would definitely deck. put it in because you sack it and then you it's just. It's in the graveyard. That's amazing. But That's then good. couldn't you give yourself immunity to a board wipe of yours and then it would just wipe the other person? Well, no. Board wipes, board wipes because they don't Oh, they target, don't target, they don't, they right. Don't mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So, but if there's like, I don't know, if... Destroy target creature. Just right, destroy target right. creature. Or they've got a big creature, you just give protection from the color that creature is and then block it. Yeah. So That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I really like this card. card. Okay, there we go. That's a better thing to... And the episode with them. I think we're going to end up putting that in the final edit. But, um, anyways, glory. So, I think that's it. Taste yeah. a off, great commander. Love it. Build it. Yeah, dollar. It's like How much does that cost overall? Oh, let's go do our budget report. So, um, we are going to go to TCG Player. And we're going to go into Mass Entry. And we are going to see how much this is going to cost. So, um, the, the estimate that Architect is, is giving me is $35.92. Uh, that's without code optimization. So that's about, like, the market price, I'd say. So, like, you can pick this up for $35. It's, it's cheap. We try not to use too many. Like, there's not, there's not very many, like, super expensive cards. Um, it's, yeah, this is definitely a good budget deck. Yeah. I'd say Tesla is a pretty good deck to build on the budget. We definitely on the last episode we talked about good, good commanders to build on a budget, and uh, like the in the color combinations. So we, I mean Tesla Tesla call up was our commander that we said was up because we thought Tesla is a very good commander. She is very very good. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about while we work on optimizing the color? Um, one creature that we forgot to mention who I very much like is Tithe Taker. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, one in a white, 
creature human soldier to one. During your turn, spells your opponent's cost cast cost one more to cast, and abilities your opponents activate cost one more to activate unless they're mana abilities. And it has afterlife one. I love this card because if your opponent's gonna try and in, like flash out anything, play an instant of any sort, activate any ability, it just costs more. And especially if you're playing this turn two, it's gonna be very hard for them to play for them to activate their abilities. Mm -hmm. And it puts them like a half a turn behind the curve because it means all their abilities are. Because they can't do it on your turn. I mean, they don't want to. Yeah, so they'll well they'll they'll be doing the wait or they're behind the curve. Because they just cost more. Yeah, that's kind of true. That's why I say half a turn behind the curve, because it's not tar it's only on your turn, and it's not creatures, so. Time to take a... Yeah, they, and then the afterlife one is going to be it. Right. And then you'll create double because Exactly. Though, in my opinion, I, I don't sacrifice it unless I have to, because of that ability. And then that that's a card that scales with the game. So even on turn six or turn seven, like people can't don't want to try to like target you on your your turn because right. they'll just they'll just look somewhere else. They don't want to pay the extra mana. Would we would would you put Bernard in the deck? Bernard, the one that my friends call Sunfire Taxes. Which one? The two. Uh, two white, two four vigilance. Uh, whenever you're oh Bernard, yeah, there Bernard, okay. yes. aka uh, Baird Steward of Argive. Bernard, yes, Bernard. Okay, but anyways, Baird Steward of Argive. That's a pretty good card. Harmonious Archon does the same thing. Stuff like that. So, I think that that's not a bad card to put in the deck because it doesn't have to like it, it deters people from attacking you. Which is, right. is always a good thing. It's like, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. uh, then uh, they also have to save mana on their turn to attack, which makes so, it a lot harder for them to play more. In a multiplayer format, they'd rather just look somewhere else. Right, exactly. That's what makes cards like Ghostly Prison and Propaganda so good, because they... Then they kill other people. They kill other people. And then they have to kill you. Yeah, they'd rather kill other people. Alright, do you have our deck estimate, Ezra? Not quite yet. I forgot to clear the cult, so I accidentally tried to build the uh, other one as well. That's why it's on $99. Yeah, so, uh, okay. And we are clicking the... Oh, oh, why don't we talk about the cult optimizer? So, for those of you that don't know, when you edit, put something into TCG Player, it's going to give you this super high price, like 60 bucks or something, for a cheap deck. Because it's trying to buy it from a bunch of different sellers. Because TCG Player is like Amazon. There's lots of people selling different things on TCG Player. But there's this thing on TCG Player called uh, TCG Player Direct. Which means instead of them shipping it to you, they ship it to the warehouse, the TCG Player warehouse. And then they ship it to you. It's a lot cheaper. It, it becomes a lot cheaper because you don't have to pay. So when I originally did it, it, it looked for the cheapest price. So it said, so it said $30 worth of... So it says... It originally said $30 worth of cards, and then $21 shipping. But after I optimized it, it went from 26 numbers of packages to two packages, which probably just means they were just out of stock on one of the, one of the cards. Let's find the card that they're out of stock of. But, including shipping, this 
deck comes way under our $50 budget. So $37.54 is under $40. So if you wanted, you could throw in uh, the Divine Visitation. So it's costly plunder for a 9 cent card, is the card that they didn't have in stock. So hopefully by the time they that we release this episode, if you want to buy the deck, you can just replace yeah, Or you just replace costly plunder. It's not in the central part of the deck. It would be worse if, like, Tesa was something else. But, but as right. you can see, these, these prices are a lot. I mean, even though they might be a little bit more because we're selling, they're selling them direct, they're going to be a lot cheaper in total because we don't have to pay for shipping. $2.77 shipping. Uh, I'm not going to click checkout because I'm not buying the deck right now. But, yeah. Sounds, sounds good. Uh, do you have anything else? No, I don't. Okay. Well, so, thank you everyone for listening. Again, this is kind of new. Feedback. Send, um, you can send feedback to youngpyrocast at gmail.com. And uh, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we'll now help help us get distributed out because we're now distributing to most major platforms. Um, Apple Podcasts soon, hopefully. Um, we're getting we're getting out into the world. Share with your friends. Send it to your friends. Uh, we'll have we'll have Charlie back on next week. Thank you for having me, Ezra. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. So it's much fun. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good time having you on. I think. Yeah. I think all the listeners will enjoy having just something different for a change. Right. Okay, well, maybe one thank time we'll have all three of us. Oh yeah, we'll we'll try to do that sometime. Yeah, that'll be fine. We were close, so. Yeah. All right. And then, um, yeah, uh, I think that's it. Everyone, just have a nice rest of your week. Yeah, magic, and uh, be sure to come back on next week and listen to our next episode. And I believe next week we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about what we can, uh, how you can get into playing command or get the people. So, I, I think we kind of, I kind of got that idea, and I was like, hey, we should make an episode for people like Miles, who play 60-card casual formats, or they play modern, or they play standard, but they can, uh, but making the jump into Commander. And I do enjoy Commander. Yeah, Commander. I don't have something against it. it it's a fun, it's a fun. So, uh, anyways, uh, everyone enjoy, and uh, bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and email any feedback to youngpyrocast at gmail.com. See you next week.